Hello, and welcome to the Tarot to Go radio podcast. I'm Anastasia. With me tonight is Artemis. Hello. Rose Red since her regrets, she's home with the flu. That's really sad. And our special guest tonight is the fabulous one and only Joseph Ernest Martin, author <laughs> and creator of the Quest Tarot. Welcome, I'm Joseph. I'm thrilled to be here. Yay, Joseph. We're delighted. It is truly a pleasure for us. Excellent. And for me, too. Mm, great. So we're very happy. Um, we have just a couple of things that we'd like to talk about first, and then we'll give you our undivided attention. Hey, way cool. Uh, Artemis, do you want to start tonight? Well, tonight I think I have a, uh, an assortment of um, Llewellyn's uh, Tarot Reader. Um, that's the um, yearly Tarot Reader with the um, uh, calendar almanac that they have in the center. Uh, I've become very attached to these over the last several years, and I find that it's a, um, an excellent resource uh, where you get snippets of uh, articles and insights that um, actual professionals are using, uh, techniques that they are um, actually finding uh, are very helpful and um, uh, inspirational for them. Uh, I also find that it's an excellent source for advanced readers to be able to tie into uh, to see what's actually going out currently in the Tarot world. And uh, I've had the opportunity to meet several of the authors. Uh, as you know, Thalassa has submitted uh, uh, several offerings. I believe, Joseph, you've uh, got something in the wings for, for these guys? Or? Oh, gosh, I hope so. <laughs> I've been uh, talking to their publicity director about that for yeah. this next year. Excellent. Great. So, and it's a, a perfect case in point. Uh, most of the uh, professional readers that I've had the opportunity to meet uh, personally, uh, Mary Greer, Delasa, Valerie Sims, uh, to name a few, uh, have all submitted um, uh, different articles on the different aspects of Tarot, from uh, which are the uh, the more difficult cards and how do you navigate uh, around a spread, and or it might be um, a difficult client that you might have. Or <laughs> no, never have those. <laughs> never know. Or um, uh, different themes. Uh, you know, as you know, we um, tend to touch on career and relationship and uh, love and uh, each. Uh, person bringing the question on how to navigate their own lifestyle uh, might uh, uh, might have a different approach and each reader as they accept those questions might have a different response so uh, if you're uh, looking for um, a uh, more in-depth way of uh, broadening your reading style uh, I highly recommend uh, the reader and the most current one is uh, the uh, Llewellyn Sherrill reader of 2007 and that is currently at um, uh, book stands now, I believe. And yes. uh, uh, I think there's several sites that uh, you can come to, Daughters of Divination or... At um, our very own site? Yeah, the Tarot to Go site uh, where you can click on and then find through, is it Amazon? Um, um, well, it's, it's Amazon and Llewellyn and... and right, directly. We, so we, we, we have affiliations with all the publishers. We got the linkage We're for you. Set. So, um, But I definitely recommend it as an excellent resource for uh, the beginner and the experienced reader to uh, further their skills. Great. So thanks very so much. In the 2007 reader, have you had a chance to read through it much? I haven't had a chance to read through it much. Mm -hmm. I, um, uh, I tend to pick... Um, the uh, subjects that would interest me at the time that um, you know I'm going through whatever the issue is. Uh, right. For example, uh, I'm just flipping through the book now. I'm looking at they have a um, 
a chapter by uh, Corrine Kenner who talks just on playing the justice card. Mm -hmm. um, it talks on legal readings and uh, if a client comes with um, various legal aspects or legal questions, her, uh, her take is how it centers around the, um, the justice card in the, in the Tarot journey, if you will. Uh, others talk about um, uh, bonding with the, uh, the major arcana mm -hmm. or uh, interactive readings with Tarot Outside the Box uh, by Valerie Sim. Yay, Valerie. Uh, yeah, she, she has a very nice um, uh, presentation concerning uh, Tarot and the dice, uh, which Ooh. is kind of interesting. So, um, but I've had the, uh, and, that, and that's the link up that I get with Bats too. A lot of these authors I've had the opportunity to, to meet and they've presented, including yourself, <laughs> Um, that would be Joseph. That would be Joseph. <laughs> they've presented um, the different techniques that they've written about. So I've gotten to actually see them in play, uh, experience, and uh, to ask them questions on how they develop whatever the specific technique is. Right. Uh, so it becomes more live for me as I take, take that information in. Mm -hmm. So um, the center of the book has the, the year laid out with the... Um, uh, zodiac uh, implications throughout the year, the different uh, sol solstices, if you will, and all the almanac quotes, and so you can use it as a uh, daily calendar um, uh, journal, if you will, uh, and then um, it's a great way to get the habit of keeping a tarot journal, if nothing. Exactly, mm -hmm. and to know when Mercury's not in retrograde, <laughs> yeah. so we can all talk. Yeah, that. or the phases so. of the moon, or, or really whatever so. else you want to um, you want to track. Uh, mm -hmm. I especially like the articles that uh, talk about the more difficult subjects. Uh, you know, what do you do when the death card or the devil card comes up, and uh, the different and the well, the different approaches you might you might take around that. Um, also, there are articles on uh, how Isn't to read in public, uh, the mm -hmm. uh, the psychic fair style reading, and uh, hopefully we'll hear from Joseph. Uh, I would like him to expand on his grid setup uh, for uh, how he lays out his booth for a professional. Uh, um, uh, reading that, that he does because I've seen him talk about that and hopefully we'll get uh, more information from him later. <laughs> and the little magical herbs I sprinkle around exactly. my booth. This exactly. is very important. It's yeah. very so, important. And, yes. um, uh, and that's all chalked in just the, uh, the 2007 reader, but uh, I find that the, uh, the last readers of the last several years have been just as chock full of of the interviews and news and uh, tips and technique that uh, uh, a Tarot reader might want to expand upon as uh, one develops their skill. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, an excellent find, I think. Yeah, the, 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 I think part of the idea was that you, there are many, many articles and you read them throughout the year and you, you develop and you work through, but I know most people buy it go home and devour the whole thing in one sitting. Mm -hmm. And then during the year, kind of flip back through and go, oh, yeah, I remember that's that. A, that's a lot. What, what I find a kick is to go back, sometimes go back to one, you know, from like five years ago and pull it out and read the articles. And it's like I never read them. <laughs> or, oh, I remember reading this, but why am I not doing this in, in my reading practice? Oh, so, absolutely. Exactly. Um, but they're, they're a great resource. And it, it's, I find it very helpful just keeping track of the card of the day. Even if you don't have time during the day to do anything else, you just draw that one card in the morning, scribble it down. Um, and for those of us with a multiple deck obsession, noting which deck, yes. <laughs> because the images vary very widely between the decks. Um, and it's also interesting, uh, compare it to my personal journal. I'll go back and I'll be reading and there's you know a really great day or a really difficult day or something. I'll go back and what was the card I pulled today? And it's like, oh, 
look, I got the tower upside down. Great. <laughs> tower reversed, and it was a tower reverse day all day. Yes. Um, so great. Well, thank you very much, Artemis. Yeah, it's excellent. I was also uh, noticing in the towards the end of each of the readers, there's several uh, deck reviews on new decks that yes. are coming out. Um, that will be handy if you haven't um, uh, known about a particular deck that's uh, uh, been produced and finally hit the decks. Um, so to speak, you'll have an opportunity <laughs> to uh, go ahead and review different uh, readers' uh, impressions of how that deck is, and uh, maybe take your take yourself down to a bookstore and pick one up for yourself. Well, because you can never have too many decks. I believe that. It's, it's, I, I am living proof of this. <laughs> and my husband is very patient about it. But, um, well, great. Well, thank you so much, Artemis. Um, my pleasure. Tonight I brought in um, the Wheel of Change Tarot from Alexandra Gennetti. It is not a new deck. It has actually been out a number of years, but I am madly in love with this deck. I have been since... It first crossed my path. It was actually a gift from Thalassa. It was just a fabulous, fabulous. Um, she said, here, check this out. You might like this. Well, gosh, she was right. So I, this is when I was working a job that was very demanding, and I had a very long, horrible commute, but I still stayed up till about 3 in the morning because I was just so fascinated by the images and actually stayed up and read the whole book. <laughs> Jeanette did a great job on that project. Well, she, and she's such a character. I just love her. Isn't she fabulous? Yes. She, she, for, if you've never had the pleasure of hearing Alexandra speak or the actual joy of spending some time with her in person, she is warm, she is witty, she is very wise, and just a fabulous person that you really cannot get enough of her time. She, she has very good energy. And it all comes through in her deck. She's a very talented artist, for starters. And she has a very feminist, pagan grounding. And so the images are all very earthly without being, oh, um, they're, they're not dull. They're not drab. There's very vivid color. There's very um, vivid color. Yes, She's not afraid of using the color. Oh. And um, what can I say? I, I've been madly in love with this deck since it came into my life almost 10 years ago. And this is the deck I pull probably more than any other when it's just I need a deck to grab a quick card or do a quick three-card reading. And this is the one that comes to hand pretty much more than any other deck. Don't you think, too, as, as grounded as this is, it's also very visionary? The yes. Art? So I don't feel it's like limited to like a, a, a more like an ancient style of doing the art, or even like you were saying with the colors. Yes. Very bright, very visionary in its approach. Mm -hmm. And she blends all kinds of cultures and peoples and eras. It's wonderful. There's, you know, Native American art. There's Renaissance European references. There's modern Silicon Valley yeah. references. Yeah, refinery. It's yeah. fabulous. Even in yeah, one, the, but it's, it still uh, works. Yeah, yeah, the Three of Wands is three electric guitars. It, you think, wow, who would ever think of that? And Alexandra did. And absolutely just adore this deck. But again, some very traditional elements. For example, the Princess of Cups is in a Renaissance type dress with apron. And um, but then you get Egyptian references like the Four of Swords. And she just blends all of these wonderful images. There is no culture, no time period that does not somehow get incorporated into this deck, and it's balanced, and it works really well. Um, 
It's a deck that I can appreciate from the, the size of the cardstock as well. Um, the images are really easy to read. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. They're present. You could probably read lists in a low light situation. It, that um, does work very well, yes. In, in several ways, it reminds me of your Quest deck on the certain, there's certain frames that you can feel like you just walk into and they become timeless. And so there's, a, there's that aspect to it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, the High Priestess card is absolutely wonderful. And she you know, doesn't go with the picturing the high priestess as a young woman. High priestess right. is a woman who knows a lot and has acquired not only a great deal of knowledge, but a great deal of wisdom. Right. And this is not something that most people have at the age of 25. Nope. That's true. crone energy. <laughs> exactly. Well, and classically, the high priestess is seen before uh, the um, uh, boas, right? Right. Uh, the temple. Right. With the pillars. Mm -hmm. And also obscured a bit. Right. Where there's the meditation and hiding behind. And in her, her card representation of this, of course, we have the strong moon influence, but we have the two different trees representing the two different pillars. Yes. Which is beautiful. She finds all these lovely natural ways to interpret you know, classical elements from the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot, but in a way that's subtle, and yet, if you look at it, you go, oh, yeah, but it does work on the subtle level as well. You know what I'm also noticing is the description of what the card is is very subtle. I don't mm -hmm. immediately feel that I need to shave the borders on this deck right away. <laughs> yes. Which, uh, ever since that concept was introduced to me, that's uh, one of the aspects that I'll, I'll look forward to um, if uh, I feel that the border is uh, too detracting mm -hmm. from the visual view of what the card is. Mm -hmm. uh, but these, um, the colors, uh, I guess uh, almost a pastel uh, border-like that uh, mm -hmm. they're being used. but. Um, very non-assuming and allows you to really dig into what the image is. At least mm -hmm. that's the impression I get. Artemis was chuckling when he pulled up the Nine of Swords. It features a number of windmills um, which of the kind that are used to generate electrical energy. Yes, wind and power. If, yes, and if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, these are actually Pattern after the ones up on the Altamont Hills. Right, yes. right. Yes. But so. I think what I what tied into that is it's swirling blades, mm -hmm. and and that's very much a a nine of swords kind of image or uh, mm -hmm. kind of Absolutely. quality, and it's easily captured. It's a, a one stop boom visual image. I can grab it and and run with that. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not trying to decipher, hmm, what's the meaning of this card? How do I feel it? As soon as I saw it, um, there was an immediate impact. And I think as a reader, that's going to allow me to facilitate more meaning for uh, the person that I'm reading for. Uh, and I think that's, that's what you want to look for. And that, those are the kind of qualities that when a, when a deck grabs you, it's because of, of those kind of images that, right. that come up for you. Right. What's nice with the Nine of Swords, too, is even though there's three towers, each tower has three blades, right. three right. swords spinning. So you have your nine mm -hmm. right. also right. in the card, which I appreciate when someone creates a work of art for Tarot too. Right. That it ties their the tie-in actually makes sense mm -hmm. on many different levels. Yes. So maybe an obvious level when you first look at it, but mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. as it goes deeper. Yeah, well, like the Four of Discs card with um, the apple blossoms and the apples cut in half. And if you've never done that experiment of cutting an apple in half crosswise, you can see how the seeds form the five-pointed oh, star. Yes. Um, the first time you look at it, you're like, are those crackers? What are those? Yes. <laughs> I, I had somebody or ask that. They're like, are those sand crackers? Dollar? Yes. And oh, oh yeah. no, I hadn't thought about the sand yeah. dollar, but I did. Yeah. I, I had a client ask me if they were crackers, and I managed not to chuckle at the time and I explained about cutting an apple in half, and my client found that very interesting. Um, but you're right. They could also make a reference to the sand dollar and bring in that watery element as well. Mm -hmm. Very good, Joseph. Wow.
It's an excellent deck. I think I'll be adding it to my collection <laughs> sometime very soon. Yes, and again, that's the Wheel of Change Tarot by Alessandro Gennetti. It's published by Destiny Books. The uh, I, I noticed the LWB is a little hefty on, on this one. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 that's quite it's, a book. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a little white book. It is it is a big white book, and let's see, um, there's 362 pages of text plus the bibliography and index, and I, you could stay up all night and read it. I would probably recommend reading it when you're a little a more awake to do. <laughs> um, but again, it's fabulous, and actually, I love this deck so much. I took it on my honeymoon. Oh, wow, that is loving the death. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, The Wheel of Change Tarot by Alexandra Gennetti and published by Destiny Books. Excellent. So, something to add to your collection. Fabulous choice. Yeah, thank you. So, Joseph, the one and only Joseph Martin. Oh, that's me. We are so delighted. I cannot tell you. Just yes, We're we going are. to take 10 seconds here and do the gushing fangirl and gushing fanboy thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's Joseph! Okay, um, we're better now. So... We're delighted to have you, creator and author of the Quest Tarot and the Compass Guide to the Quest Tarot, and fabulous reader and speaker and teacher and artist and web designer and and gosh, what else? Well, could a you know, I have to, to say when, uh -huh. when when you know for people who are listening to this but maybe are being exposed to the Quest Tarot for the first time, is you know of course the Quest Tarot did win. Uh, best New Age Interactive Product of the Year for 2004. That's right, it That's did. Right. Yeah. Congratulations. Visionary Award of Excellence. So uh, I'm real happy, obviously. How can I not be <laughs> happy about that? Absolutely. I actually, they actually sent me a little marble obelisk uh, trophy. Oh, how it's neat. It's really tasteful. Wow. And so I actually, when I travel to different cities and, and I've read. I've seen that at your setup before, right? Oh. The Wisdom Fair in Concord and uh, oh, at great. Bats, I think you brought it before. Yeah, I always bring it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I you know, would wear that as a hat if I thought I could get away <laughs> with it, actually. <laughs> if it wouldn't give you a headache and do terrible things to your hair. I know, you know, so heavy <laughs> on the head, being solid, <laughs> solid marble. But uh, uh, I was very fortunate to be recognized for mm -hmm. this work because, mm -hmm. you know, when I, when I was working on this deck, I did show it to a lot of people in progress. Right. And a number of cards also were changed in the evolution of how the deck progressed. Like the Lover's card changed a couple of times. Mm -hmm. The Strength card changed a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And that's because, you know, when you're working on a project, you don't always... You know, it means something to you when you're right. creating it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when other people see it, all of a sudden they're seeing things that you're going, oh, well, now that you've said that, I, I see that in the cards, too. Mm -hmm. Well, that kind of leads me to my first question. Uh, <laughs> what compelled you to create your own expression through the tarot? Well, you know, I wish there would be some, like, you know, an angel came out of the <laughs> skies and touched my forehead. But it was more really my big mouth, actually. <laughs> It really was. Sounds like a dare. <laughs> I had been blabbing and saying, you know, I've been thinking about doing a tarot deck. I've been thinking about doing a tarot deck. <laughs> so I'm working a fair in Pleasant Hill. Mm -hmm. And Nancy Matz, a wonderful woman, psychic, she wrote a book called Between Two Worlds. I didn't know her at all. She was working this fair, and she, her booth was across from mine. So I, she had this big sign saying, at Barnes & Noble, her new book. So okay. I went over, I said, I don't know you, darling, but I'm so proud of you. You wrote a book. <laughs> in your friendly kind of way. <laughs> And she said... They had grabbed him and he ran with Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. She said, um, so do you want to write a book? And I said, oh, no, but I've been thinking about doing a tarot deck. <laughs> and she said, what's stopping you? And you know how the right word at the right time? Mm -hmm. Her saying, what's stopping you, actually hit me like a brick. Mm 
-hmm. I felt it in my body. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her and I said, well, I guess I'm stopping me. She goes, okay. Wow. She goes, I challenge you in the next two weeks to design one tarot card. And you know, I thought, I'll never see her again. (laughs) But if I make the commitment, it's really to me. Right. What? Maybe I'll just do one. I'll just, because I don't have to do a whole deck, right? I can right. just do one. Right. So I did one, the Ace of Stones, mm-hmm. the very first card I ever designed. And honest to God, when I designed it, I designed the border, architecture, everything wow. on that card. It never was changed. That was, I designed it once, it never got touched after that. That's astonishing because your borders have so much information oh. inlaid them. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you came up with that the first time out. Oh, right out. So you know what I did, of course, is I took it around to the next fair I worked at, and I showed it to other psychic friends and workers, and I said, what do you think? What do you think? You know, do you think this is any good? Mm-hmm. And people were really positive. They said, well, this is nice. Huh. We like what you did. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll design another one. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say designed, um, what type of format or media did you put the first card on? Well, you know, I've been working on computers for years. <laughs> so I used every facet of how you use a computer to create my cards. Mm. So I did 3D modeling, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Photoshop work, Mm -hmm. of course. (laughs) Photo collage, Mm -hmm. hand-drawn using a tablet and a pen, Mm -hmm. pen, you know, like a Wacom tablet. Anything it took to get the effect, I did. Mm -hmm. I just was like, whatever. If I did something on paper, I could scan it in and get it in the computer. Because there's so many layers and textures in these images, it's just fabulous. Well, there is. And as I look at the complexity complexity of the card, I I see different phases um, that strike me. Uh, And from the rooted ground of the mountains on the base of the card, the, uh, We're looking at the, the sh- stones card. The shimmer of the rainbow, um, and then the figure that you chose to be on on top of the one large block, um, with this um, almost ethereal atmosphere around it. Um, it has a very um, uh, complex quality to it. Uh, it's not just the the one centered uh, icon to go with it, but. I mean, it's kind of laying the foundation, if you're choosing this as your first card, for every single other plate that you have, all have that same that same texture, yet are different in their expression. Um, It's one of the things that that, uh, I really enjoy about about your your deck. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. And when I did the Ace, I I have to honestly tell you, when I well, all the cards I designed really, I did not plan them. Really. Oh, God, I wish I could say, like, I was brilliant and I did all these Da Vinci sketches in my notebook. I actually would sit down at the computer and say, okay, I, you know, because I was familiar with Tarot, so I know the archetypes. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, Ace of Stones. I know what Ace of Stones is. What what would be fun? That's what I would think. What would be fun? And then I'd start doing it. And wherever it started going, I just followed. Oh, that's great. And it was more like running to catch up. And that sounds just like you. Because in your presentations, (laughs) you are big about fun. You're big about enjoying yourself, letting that energy flow, bringing the love. Um, It's one of the reasons why I really enjoy uh, when I get to see you present live, you just bring that that energy that I that I love. And you know, by the attendance in the room, I know that I'm not the only one. So they just came. They flowed. They came through me. Oh, that's great. Now I will admit, there's like 12 cards I designed mm-hmm. that are not in the deck because I designed them. I went, eh. not the same. Nice try. Really. <laughs> Especially in the court cards, that was mm-hmm. really a stumper for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's I. 
love what you did with the court figures. Um, the fact that they are imbued with these very human qualities is a change from a lot of decks. A lot of decks, the court cards are these pure, perfect beings. And you've introduced some vulnerability and humanity into them in just their basic, even in their upright, they're not these impossible to mimic ideals. They're very human, and I find that very refreshing and very easy to read with. Right, and the dovetail on that, you also made the conscious choice of changing the court names to be father, mother, yes. daughter, son. Yes. What was, what was around that? decision. Well, you know, even though there still is a little debate on this, <laughs> uh, astrologically, um, I do believe we're in the Aquarian age now. Mm -hmm. And so that to me, obviously, is the feminine age. We've, less the, we've left the masculine, we're in the feminine. Right. So the guys are doing their last big attempt to hold on. They're creating wars and fights and bloody noses before the gals take over. You know, right. the gals get their shot. So I really felt that, you know, if I was, well, you know, I just really believe the Tarot is a living, breathing thing mm -hmm. and it changes all the time. So I thought, we're in the feminine age. Why is it king, queen, knight, page? I don't know any kings. <laughs> How about mother, father, daughter, son, feminine leading, right. we're in the feminine age. And that archetype, I think everybody relates to. Mm -hmm. Mother, true. father, you know, it's a Jungian kind of thing. You don't have to learn what mother is. You know, you were born from your mother. Yes. You have to learn what father is. You know what that is. Mm -hmm. So I changed the order of the court cards. And I changed the way they're labeled specifically to make them more human. Great. Now, you know Crowley himself in some of his own writings had said that he wanted to make his court system father, mother, mm -hmm. son, daughter. But then, because, and I'm paraphrasing greatly here for those who know Crowley <laughs> right. greatly. Um, if uh, Lon Milo Duquette was here, he would be able to... Oh, he'd be, he'd be all over that. He'd be all over <laughs> he'd this. Be all over this. Uh, but from my interpretation of what I've read, is that he felt basically that uh, when he did the Toth Tarot, mm -hmm. that it was already wildly rule breaking. And so he kind of like <laughs> held back a little there. Well, it right. was, it was. And, mm -hmm. and I, I think he was in the fight with uh, um, Harris on. Lady Frida Harris. Lady Frida Harris. On mm -hmm. um, just the aspect of knight versus king, um, trying to get that over because his. Uh, interests ran towards the heraldry and wanting to bring that out and having the knight as the established uh, male figure, not necessarily as the king, and he's fighting against the established um, uh, Waitsmith deck that's been out for 40 years before this right. actually got, got mm -hmm. published. So he was cutting across stream at that time too. So um, to, uh, to actually get that done, and, uh, and of course I think it was a back and forth argument between him and um, late Frida Harris mm -hmm. uh, before it was actually completed. I, I think it took like 15 years before it actually actually got it done. Yeah. You know, well, so there, there's also some attention span issues here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well. it's it's you know, well, with all due respect to Crowley, focus was not yeah. his. It was not the primary trait for which he was known. Yes. <laughs> say that. Well, you know, this card actually, this deck actually has 80 cards mm -hmm. in it. Yes. So it's two extra, two, two mm -hmm. additional yeah. cards. Yes. And, and yeah, we were going to yeah. get to those. The, um, the two special cards that, uh, that you've added, um, the multiverse card. Yes, the multiverse. And your mysterious uh, blank, card. blank card. Mysterious yes. blank card. So tell us. Well, it's all about that tarot being living, breathing, changing medium. Mm -hmm. Honest to God, I kept thinking, if, so, if the tarot never existed 
and some intuitive, uh, eclectic person sat down to create a tarot deck. Right. It might have a card called Pop Star. Yes. Or mm-hmm. Politician. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Or CEO. Yes. You've mentioned that too. Mm-hmm. Right. Where it would be mm-hmm. in modern terms that we can relate to exactly. today. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that's exactly what they did when they made the first Tarot decks. Right. You know, they chose archetypes that were absolutely present at the time the cards were created. Mm-hmm. So I've been reading a lot about the multiverse, the idea of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was watching um, oh, Dan Aykroyd's old show, the OSIR. Do you remember that? No. Mm-hmm. Um, before my time? Oh, no, 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 not at all. (laughs) Um, But he had said at the close of one of his shows Mm -hmm. something to the effect of, in this wonderful multiverse that we live in, Mm -hmm. and again, it was one of those light bulb things. I went, multiverse, I've got to read more about this. Mm -hmm. Read Stephen Hawking's books, Brief History Time in the Universe, Universe Explained, Mm -hmm. and thought, there's something to this multiverse idea. I really like it. Mm-hmm. So when I did the deck, I still thought the universe was a good concept, a good mm-hmm. archetype. Absolutely. You know, I didn't want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I wanted an additional archetype, mm-hmm. the multiverse, mm-hmm. which is the multi-dimensional expression right. of reality. Right. So other Taroists have said, like, okay, so how does that fit in the tree of life, the Kabbalah of the major arcana, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Because you know? Joseph has to throw in an extra card. <laughs> This is how I honestly feel it fits. Mm-hmm. You have the Kabbalistic tree, mm-hmm. your n- normal major arcana, mm-hmm. which like if you lay it on a table, now imagine that right. coming up off mm-hmm. the table like a poster. Right. right. The multiverse comes in crosswise and connects to that Ooh. Kabbalistic tree. Right. And then you connect another Kabbalistic tree here and another one at the bottom, another one on the left. And you end up with a snowflake of multidimensional reality connected through the multiverse card. Oh, that's fabulous. That's my vision for it. That works beautifully for me. Yeah, it works for me, too, i got to tell you. Wow. Well, that explains the multiverse card. Yes. What about well, the blank? Wait, I'm not done with the multiverse card yet. <laughs> <laughs> don't give me that love. <laughs> I don't want to forget about the blank. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, um, so I haven't read um, much of Stephen Hawking, um, but I've been reading a lot of Michio Kaku, the Japanese string theorist, <gasps> in theorist guy. I love him. Which, um, even though he's very good at explaining it in plain English, there are a few parts where I've had to go back and go, okay, one more time for those of us in the peanut gallery yes. who aren't physicists. Um, and so I was rereading that in preparation for you coming tonight. And um, just that image you just created here with the multiverse card joining the different trees of life and that snowflake pattern meshes beautifully with what Kaku writes about in his books. Yeah, I can see it really captured you. <laughs> it did. It was fascinating. I highly recommend these books. In your copious spare time, you should read them. <laughs> <laughs> My copious. Because we're jot, not busy yeah, enough. Let me yeah. jot that down. Yeah, Artemis, Artemis <laughs> is giving me that look again. Um, and just wondering, um, when you started working on the multiverse card, were you consciously thinking about the scientific elements of it, or were you, did you just kind of go in, into creative mode and let it Right. Did it out? evolve over time? Or was it a snapshot? It was more like, you know, I would love to say, you know, I did the Da Vinci Notebook, but I honestly (laughs) sat down and went multiverse, Mm -hmm. multiverse, hmm, multiverse. And then the images would start coming into my body and coming into my head, and I'd start putting them as quick as I could Mm -hmm. into the computer. And um, 
Now, I know that sounds like I did the cards really fast, but you have to understand a lot of these cards are complex 3D models. Mm -hmm. So I created sky, terrain, atmosphere, lighting, mm -hmm. especially lighting, mm -hmm. right. um, uh, elements. And so even like the, with the multiverse, you know, kept looking for the right kind of depth mm -hmm. that I wanted it to have. Mm -hmm. Then spent about a day and a half rendering the image. Right. And then spent about three more days enhancing mm -hmm. the image and tweaking and highlighting and, you know, massaging it. Right. So even though it wasn't instant, it felt still that process very fast to me. Mm -hmm. Even the all 80 cards were designed in a year and a half, which is about a card a week. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. That's really fast. Yes. Very flowing. I'm even amazed, honestly. Mm -hmm. Oh. Well, in looking at this card, I see that uh, you use a, um, uh, the technique of light and shadow yes. uh, on the outside, um, outside world, if you will, and you incorporate the eclipse uh, feature in there as well uh, with the star padding around that. Uh, it's, it's just fascinating because I, I think there is a, in one, the broader view, is the um, relationship to structure, atoms, um, how the uh, how matter is uh, coalesced to create itself, and uh, it's almost like um, inside looking out, outside looking in. Yes. So you have that interdimensional feel to it. Uh, Macro versus microverse. Oh, exactly, exactly. Mm. Anyway, thank you. I just needed to needed to find out about the multiverse card. And even just as far as like just art technique in my cards too, part of my idea was that these, I wanted them to be a window mm -hmm. that you would actually step through. Mm -hmm. And so you'll notice, uh, you know, one of my things here, <laughs> that on all the cards, there's really close foreground elements always. Mm -hmm. And then you have these background elements that go way back. That draw you in. That makes it that the window again, trying to step in. Mm -hmm. Even with like the multiverse card, which of course is planets, you notice that I brought planets way up close, way, up close. way yeah. far away, mm -hmm. so that again you get like you could almost go into that, like if you're in a little ship, you mm -hmm. can travel. Mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. it's, it's, or depending on you know your your frame of reference size-wise, you could kind of you know, hop from one to the other, depending on the you know the size of yes. the universe that you're dealing with here. Um, I just realized, being Italian, uh, the people who are listening aren't seeing any of my hand gestures. <laughs> That's okay. It's, so they're, they're missing they're a little of the language. They're, they're used to that with, with me and with Rose. Yes. So, so yes. Now it, it's um, maybe one of these days we'll get adventurous and we'll do a video podcast with just have everyone's hands gestures, yes. so, so that we don't have to dress up, but you can get all the Refer emphatic to hand gesture stuff. six. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So with the interdimensionality of the multiverse card. You had 79 cards? Yes. Did the blank come last? Well, the blank came um, last. It was, and the easiest card to design. <laughs> hmm, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blank card. Uh, but it's a difficult decision to actually add it to yeah. a structure that usually bases itself on some sort of visual reference point yes. um, that you want to lock in on. Um, and you clearly did not add any reference point, even to the tip where Nothing. you have, um, on all the other cards, you have keys and symbols and uh, astrological signs, um, all interrelating to the rest of the cards. But on this card, you truly left blank. And you left the, uh, the nameplate for the card as, as being blank, too. Not that I know what, what you would want to put there. But you're creating a outlet, I think, by... Um, allowing this blank card, it's almost like it's tarot out of the box uh, from, from the aspect of if you use this card and it comes up in a spread, what does that really mean? 
you're not locked in by any sort of conventionality oh, yeah, um, that's there. there. So your whichever position it falls in or whatever question it's based against, you really have to dig deep to come up with whatever your response is going to be. And then the client's got to be able to kind of be willing to take that in and, and to run with that because they don't have a visual reference either. Mm -hmm. And they may have a different impression uh, than you do when you see that card and, and see how it falls um, in relationship to the flow of the, the rest of the cards. Yeah, the blank card ended up being kind of like a two-fold kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you know, believing, Tarot's living, breathing, mm -hmm. changeable, changing. I thought, okay, if I think there should be a multiverse card, mm -hmm. maybe someone else thinks there should be a card that I haven't even thought of. Right. So I'm going to include a blank card. Mm -hmm. They could do their own art, create their own card. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I got my first pre-release deck from Llewellyn, <laughs> right. you know, which I jumped up and down and mm -hmm. kept holding it and kept it on my body for like hours before I even <laughs> cracked the seal. I'd be uh -huh. totally excited. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you couldn't peel me off the ceiling. Right, because you're going to reflect back to when she dared you to draw that first card. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now here you've had the finished product and, you know, you having to stay kind of committed to it through the whole flow yes. uh, mm -hmm. of it. And mm -hmm. uh, I don't know about you, but life comes up, yeah, while, life comes up. while you're still trying to handle what projects that... Uh, interest you or you know strike your passion and that whole um, earn a living thing oh well, sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rent tank, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly so, so you received the preview deck from Llewellyn and I had a, a client that day to read for it mm -hmm. at my home oh, sweet oh. so my client Hi. shows up and I say we're gonna use my new desk oh how exciting do the spread mm -hmm. and you know what happened the blank card came up in the self position really and my first thought was oh I need to take that out because Oh. oh. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to leave it in. How would I read this? How would I read this? And how did you read it? Well, it was in the self position face up. Mm -hmm. So I said to her in relationship to her question, I said, you don't even know what you want. You're asking me about what's going to happen in love, oh, but you don't even know what you want in love. Mm -hmm. You are blank. Before your outcome can manifest, you need to fill this card in. You have homework to do before you, the rest of your predictive stem is wow. going to unfold for you. Very insightful interpretation. And how did your client respond to that? Very well. Yeah. Though, you know, because I, uh, I, you know, I'm traveling a lot, so I do like about 34 cities a year and have mm -hmm. done it for the last five years. A lot of people get nervous when they see the blank card come up in a reading. Really? Yeah. More so than the death card, surprisingly. Because they say it's well, blank. the death it's card blank. structure. I mean, there's something to work with here. Oh, okay, yeah. you may not like it, or you or you may yeah. like it, or um, it may be uh, where you think you've been headed. Uh, but it's structure. Here, the blank card, you're going to have to dig in, and actually scoop down and find out what you're about in reference to whatever the the question is. Oh, and, absolutely. And for some of your clients, I bet that's not what they want to hear and not what they want to do. Well, you know, clients. Um, I, well, first I have to say, this last mm -hmm. year especially, mm -hmm. I have been so blessed. I've had like the best people ever in my whole life come this last year wow. to see me for readings. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Oh, the first year I did readings, it was like totally challenging. You know, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. They didn't know what they were doing. I, I drew people to me who were all over the map. <laughs> this year, though, it's been absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. It's been absolutely amazing. And, um, and actually this year, too, though... Um, uh, I can't really say their names. I've actually been reading some celebrities this year, mm -hmm. which has been really kind of cool in a way. 
Getting to know them in a way that nobody else does. It's really true. And they are so no different than any of our stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm. absolutely. No. Same, same, same kind of baggage, just a, just a bigger package, stage yeah. to carry it around on. That's right. It just you know, it's better makeup and hair. But. Yeah, it's, it's a designer bag. <laughs> yeah, it's a designer bag for their baggage. But yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, people uh, respond uh, so wonderfully. Once I talk about the blank card to them in a reading, they really like it. Right. And I find that readers really like it too. Once once they get over certain aspects mm -hmm. of the 80 card deck mm -hmm. rather right. than the 78 card deck. Mm -hmm. Well, because I was exposed to your deck um, before I got my Torero of Dreams deck that I use pretty much on a regular basis, I um, Cyril Marchetti also includes a um, non-designated card, but let's say, and I forgot to pull it out. And then it came out in the reading in the present slot, and I pretty much used the same interpretation that you did, that your present is still up in the air. It's not formed yet, because there's no form on that structure mm -hmm. here. In your past, you've had, you know, what is formed, what you've been working on, how you're going to transit into the into mm -hmm. the future. Your future's kind of laid out on, on which way you're going to, but, but you got it. And they said, you know, you're absolutely right. I have so much going on, I just can't really focus on anything. Well, wow. it's showing up. In mm -hmm. your card, so I, I I was nervous when I first saw it play, and I thought, well, what what do I see in that? You know, mm -hmm. just kind of go with that on a on an intuitive level, and and that kind of leads me to the psychic aspect. In the creation of your deck, how did you pull in your psychic um, ability to help form which images you wanted to use uh, to actually you know bring about and finish your creation? Well, you know. It was just really channeled. The majority mm -hmm. of everything was just, the, the images, mind you, were just channeled. Mm -hmm. And then it, it did kind of grow past that channeling point where there was uh, some real intent put in. Um, I have a wonderful, de delightful friend, Christine, mm -hmm. my best friend in the whole world. Uh, we did past life workshops together. We used to be married in past lives. And this <laughs> life, we agreed to be friends. She has a wonderful husband. Mm -hmm. I have a wonderful husband. So we're all good. Um, she said to me, are you going to put the astrology in with your cards? And my first thought was, well, you know, I don't really know. I don't really use astrology when I read. And she goes, more people are going to use your deck than you. Maybe you should put <laughs> astrology in. How about a little insight outside of yourself? Okay. Remember, it's not all about you. Yeah. So I went, okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I researched and I added the astrology throughout the deck. And mm -hmm. then, of course, my lovely friend Christine said, well, aren't you going to put the, you know, Kabbalistic influence in? <laughs> Why is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, who's designing this deck anyway? I know. I know. <laughs> what about the I Ching? Yeah, let's put the I Ching in too. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, how about doing some stuff that no one's done before in the deck? Mm -hmm. So I added that yes/no feature. Yes. Yes. Which yes. Is, I love that. Which makes it real easy. Someone mm -hmm. can buy the deck. Crack it open, do the yes-no feature, they don't have to read anything. Now, yeah. you might want to explain what the yes-no feature well, is for we'll, those we'll who... let Joseph explain it. For those who don't have the uh, Questero. Well, in the court system, there are daggers on the cards. And I chose daggers because they point, they're very directional. So when two daggers point face up, it means yes, face down or pointing down, no. To the right, the answer lies in the future. To the left... The answer lies in the past. And if one is up and one is down, it says, like, maybe. Mm. Uh, it, it's a beautiful system. When, when I was first looking at it, when 
when my first quest tarot came into my hands, and you know, I looked through the deck before I bothered reading the book because you know, sure. Um, so I just want to see what the images were. I'm like, so what are these swords, and why are they going different directions? And okay, I really have to read the book now. But, um, but then I thought, wow, this is great because you just yank them out, do a quick shuffle, pull a card, and you have your answer. And and you know, no, you shouldn't wear that dress because yes, it does make you look fat. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes we can solve the tarot on very important issues, and sometimes. You just got to get dressed and get out of the house Those in the morning. Those pesky wardrobe issues. Yeah. Absolutely. I've never actually used the tarot to help me figure out what to wear, though. Well, I've come close. <laughs> well, also on these cards is Roman letters. Yes. They're very small, so you need good eyesight for them. <laughs> Magnifying glass. Yes. <laughs> but you can pull together ways for words or phrases, like a Ouija board. Mm -hmm. And I didn't add numbers that way, because I thought the cards are already numbered. You don't need mm -hmm. That's a redundant system. So if you were looking for words, phrases, you can use that to, to pull. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, like Char Margolis, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Sylvia Brown, Lisa mm -hmm. Williams. Mm -hmm. I swear to God, they're, they're wonderful psychic women, for those who don't know. They all have their own shows. They're, they're great. They pull names out of the hat like nobody's business, I swear. Really? I would love to get names like they get names. Mm -hmm. So I get my names more like John Edwards. So when I get consonants names in my cards, it's like how John Edwards get them. I get the sound or the beginning sound of the name. Right. Or the feel of the, the way the consonants hit. Mm -hmm. But I rarely get like Peter. Right. I get like a puh, puh, Pete. Right. I get mm -hmm. a puh name. Mm -hmm. So whichever way people get it, that's the way I wanted to have the deck be accessible for them. Mm -hmm. And you know, like uh, I agree too, you know, sometimes people get caught up on the words on the cards. Right. Really. And so, even with my deck, I tell people, if you get caught up in the words too much, buy a brown Sharpie <laughs> and just dot out the words. Just mm -hmm. tap them out. Because it'll go right with the marble effect. They'll oh, still be beautiful. Oh, that's an excellent mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. Brown um, Sharpie, you can take out all the words, mm -hmm. and then you don't have that. And actually, I'm working on, I've already gotten completed. I haven't printed out my first set yet. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to do a limited edition, uh, huge size, Ooh. major arcana set, that has no borders, only pictures. Ooh, this well, what be I gorgeous. like about your deck is that the borders aren't over uh, overpowering over the images. Um, they're they're just enough to give the framing some highlights, and because you put information in the framing, that helps you pull that information out. So it's not like uh, a lot of the what was it the um, European decks? I can't think of the uh, the uh, Los decks. Yes, with, right with the, the, the multiple eight languages translations. And, right, there's so many words. I just I love those. Lost in the text. I'm a language um, junkie, so right. yeah. and, I'm in the minority. I, I tend to be a visual um, uh, a visualist. I, I like to pick up on on the icons itself. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the questions I was having is, um, how much do you use your psychic ability within the reading of the cards, and when did you first learn that that was an ability that you had to, to really listen to? The, the reason why I ask that is that I find in um, beginning readers, there's this um, uh, concern that, well, you know, I don't have enough psychic ability, so I'm not going to be as deep a reader as so-and-so. Um, I have found, I guess, in my travels, and I've, I've asked uh, a lot of the professionals that are out there, uh, how important it is to have that psychic aspect kind of rolled up in it, and uh, what form um, does yours take to help you kind of discern what the meaning is for those you read for? Well, you know, my thought has always been, if you're breathing, you're psychic. That's yeah. the law. There you go. You know, you don't have to be psychic. You are psychic. If you're breathing, that's you are. 
Um, though I will say I've been exposed to many, many different styles of readers <laughs> in my travels. Mm -hmm. Just in Santa Barbara just a couple of weeks ago, and I had a woman, and she had a booth mm -hmm. and I'd never seen before, mm -hmm. her or her style. She did computer-channeled readings. Okay. I know. Huh? And so she used cards, too. Wow. So she is doing her reading with me, and then she goes into a trance state, and she types. And then she comes out of her trance state, and she has you read what she typed. It's sort <laughs> it's of like automatic different. writing, but with a computer. Hmm. It was actually kind of a very unique experience. However, she was a novice reader. She was just getting started. Okay. Mm -hmm. So her, what she thought was reality for how a reader should be mm -hmm. was very rule-based. Really? Yeah. Huh. So she, um, actually I was there for two days. I was in Ventura one day, Santa Barbara the next. We did both shows together. Mm -hmm. First day she did a reading for me. And basically in the reading she said, Joseph, you need to do X, Y, Z, one, two, three, in this order, period. Huh. And I thought, she's taking away my power and my choice. Mm -hmm. But I thought, well, she's new. So I was encouraging her that, you know, I said, well, you know, I always believe we want to empower the person. And she said, I'm empowering you to do this. <laughs> uh, empowering and directing are two different things. I know. <laughs> a misuse of language. So the next day when I saw her in Santa Barbara, she came up to said, have you decided to do those things I told you to do? And I reiterated to her, well, you know, I believe I'm in charge of my own destiny, my own life, and my own future. I'm going to consider everything you said mm -hmm. and see how that matches what I'd like to do for mm -hmm. my own future. That's mm -hmm. for the use of your free will in this process. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Right, cow. Right. Because I think that beginning readers somehow get caught up in the old, you know, I hate, you know, gypsies are lovely people. I have friends who are lovely, wonderful gypsy people. But that old that portrayal of the stereotypical gypsy right. mm -hmm. from the movies mm -hmm. where they tell you, mm -hmm. you tomorrow, stay home, you're going to get hit by a bus. Right. <laughs> you know, which is fine. At the same time, I know that you've had readings yourself where the reading is so clear. Yeah for that person. It's, I mean, it's so clear, and it's only pointing one way. You know, please, you get, you got, I just implore you to get, this will really clean up a lot of stuff for you. And I've had a couple of those readings uh, myself. How do you kind of work through the angst of, the message is clear, am I handing it to you correctly? Mm -hmm. And then are they able to, to take it in and, and make that, that meaningful decision or that meaningful change that, that's gonna empower them? Well, I think it's, for me anyway, and this is just my opinion and my style, is I want to remember to stay humble to the process. Mm -hmm. And so I say to my clients all the time, you know, what other readers would shudder to even say ever once out loud, I say, hey, I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm just a guy who's psychic, who's doing my best to interpret the messages that are coming to me. This is what I get for you. And then I always tell them, I said, you are a smart, intelligent, responsible person who's going to make the best decision for your life you can, and I trust you'll do that. Right. This is just what I'm seeing. Because I don't want to take away their power. Right. And you know what? I'm human. If I was 100%, I'd be playing the lotto. <laughs> if you're 100%, you'd be relaxing on the small island in the South Pacific that you own. That I own. Mm -hmm. That's true. I would have invested in Microsoft way back in high school. <laughs> Well, you're, you're passing along the quality of being just as happy to be right as you can be just as happy to be wrong yeah. in the same process. I was reading for a woman today, actually, because I had uh, clients today, and she asked me about um, her relationship, and I have to tell you, because I just love this sometimes doing this work. She says, I want to ask you about my relationship, and I said, okay, sure. I said, I'm laying out the cards, and I said, 
uh, you're not married, right? Because I'm not seeing a husband here. And she mm -hmm. said, no, I'm married. My husband's name is Greg. I said, okay, well, gosh, I'm really not seeing what I'd call Greg in this set of cards. <laughs> Give me a second. Let me, let me see if I'm just like being goofy here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I'm working my cards and I said, okay, so forgive me for being forward. Who else besides Greg are you seeing your husband <laughs> that you're married to? Who else? <laughs> she said, well, I'm not seeing him anymore. Okay. I said, okay, that's cool with me. I said, no judgment here. You know, we all have our own lives. I said, the cards say you're going to be seeing him in February. You're going to have a new hookup. It's going to be a passionate hookup. You guys are going to reconnect. But he's not going to leave his wife, and you're not going to leave your husband. And she said, well, he is married. And I said, well, I, you know, I get that. I, I get that. I said, but he's not leaving his wife. You're not leaving your husband. But you guys are reconnecting. In fit, I don't want to reconnect with him. I said, well, that's your choice. Then don't. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, the wind is blowing in February for reconnection. <laughs> so be aware of it. Be aware. Avoid him if you don't want reconnection. Mm -hmm. Go for it if you do. This is what I'm seeing. Wow. So, of course, she asked me that same kind of question like three more times phrased differently. Right. 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 Mm -hmm. you know. So, well, the answer doesn't change because the question is the same. You know how the tarot works. Mm -hmm. And you lay out the cards, yeah. mm -hmm. you get different cards, but the same answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, the, why are you asking uh, us this? You already have your answer. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it's just because she's nervous. Mm -hmm. You know, and I get that too. Right. You know, I'll tell you, before my deck came out, before I had my first little deck in my hands, mm -hmm. um, I had a woman, Reverend Mary, give me a reading at the New Living Expo in San Francisco, which is now the Whole Life. Right, right, right. right. Oh, whole Life before, now it's New Living, right? It's, oh, they change their name every year. I was going to say, well, it was the Whole Life Expo this year. No, it was no, Whole it? Life in the past. It's New no, Living. No, it's New okay. Living now. It's, yeah. it... So I said, Mary, I want you to read for me on my deck that's coming out in January. What do you get? She said, and this is why I love divination, because I'm just as honorary as anyone else in a reading. <laughs> right. So I'm asking the question. Right. She's reading for me. And she's a wonderful woman, Reverend Mary. Mm -hmm. So she says, Joseph, you're going to be traveling a lot with this deck. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, put, I said, Llewellyn has me scheduled for three events next year. That's it. I'm going three places. That's not a lot. She said, because she's a lovely woman. She goes, I hear what you're saying. But you're going to be traveling a lot. <laughs> Believe me on this one. Believe me on this one. And you know she Funny. was right. Mm -hmm. Well, because basically you have been nonstop traveling for how long now? About five years. Yeah. Because it's just looking at your website and you're here and you're there and you're everywhere and occasionally you're home to see your husband and yeah. pet the dog or cat or whatever. Oh, and yeah. You know, what, you're, home my long pillow. <laughs> you're home long enough to do some laundry and pack the clean clothes and go off again. Yeah, yeah. Just, I look at well, your you travel know, schedule, I think, and, okay. And your travel schedule <laughs> is an indication, I think, of how well you've kind of developed your marketing. Um, one of the things that uh, when I first met you uh, at a BATS presentation, it was how complete your marketing package was put together. Um, and, and not just you and your presentation, but your actual materials. Because um, I know we, um, I bought your deck and we wrangled over um, the, the little chakra card that, yeah. that you had. <laughs> no, well, I'm giving away this one. No, no, but I want that one. And so we're, we're, we're back and forth. Um, um, but, but seriously, uh, from your uh, business card to your flyers, your handouts, your um, the spreads that you come with, that love spread, the interactive, um, uh, interconnected spread that uh, you presented. Um, you've always seemed like a kind of a ma magician quality to me. 
um, and and you're one of my favorite presentations at bats. So I'll just say that. Uh, um, bar, bar, bar none, um, because you bring a life and an energy uh, uh, with that. But you're you're traveling, um, and even at this last time, that's when when we spoke. You just got back from Reno. You did the lats things, and now you're at bats now. And, and we got the wisdom fair the next day. Um, you seem to be tireless in. Uh, it's all an illusion. All, well, <laughs> well, but it's not, that's where the smoke and it's not an illusion if you're showing up at each of those places and not just on the marquee. Um, and so, and and I've had the opportunity to kind of meet you at several of those places, at least locally in the Bay Area. So, so how have you gotten that marketing thing going? And and if you were a up and coming professional reader, what tips would you give to that person to? Um, develop their presentation, develop their marketing skills so they can get their name out and start developing a professional client list? Well, you know, um, not that I have a thick skin because I really don't. I am so sensitive. <laughs> I'm overly sensitive. Uh, maybe that's the psychic thing. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't believe how many cities I do where other psychic workers come up to my booth to tell me how to do my business. Oh, oh no. Oh, I am so not kidding. <laughs> Oh my God! That's... I am so not kidding. Okay, it's not, it's like this is astonishingly rude. Well, there are um, critics everywhere. Exactly. Oh yeah, I had one gal actually in Ventura come to my booth and say, "Joseph, they, she looked at my booth, and for those who have never seen my booth, go to my website, which is www.questtarot.com. So it's Q-U-E-S-T-T-A-R-O-T.com. You can see hundreds of pictures from many years. I just posted 560 more pictures at my website. In your copious spare time. In my copious <laughs> spare time, you know it. Uh, so she comes and she goes, Joseph, she looks at my booth. She goes, you don't need all of this. And I said, you're absolutely right, I don't. However, I like all of this. So it's for me, it's fun, I'm keeping it. Because you don't need it, you should get rid of half the stuff you have. You don't need it. And these cards, she points to my cards, right? Mm. And all I could think is she hasn't read my own promotional material. <laughs> she has no idea this is actually my deck. She goes, you don't need these cards. You're just psychic. You can just do psychic readings. You'll do better just doing psychic readings. <laughs> I said, I know I don't need the cards, but I like the cards. I created them. It's my art. I like to touch them. They make me happy. So for new people starting, I want to say, you decide on what you want to do and do it. Don't get, you know, don't worry about the winds batting you around and other people say, no, 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 don't let anyone touch your cards. It's like, <laughs> I let it, if they pay me enough, they can touch me too. <laughs> I don't mind. Um, <laughs> let's fix that in post, shall we? <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't matter. You know, if it's, it's the process we're in. And I believe if I'm going to be doing fairs and doing work, mm -hmm. I want to be present for the person mm -hmm. who paid their dollar right. or five dollars to get in that door. Mm -hmm. I want to be present in such an, a complete way that they're excited to see me there mm -hmm. and I'm excited for them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to come in sweats and a ripped sweatshirt, and one reader did at a fair I did. Oh my God. She came, this one woman, actually this very large woman, believe it or not, came in sweatpants and a ripped sweat sweatshirt and oh, she no. sat at her table which was covered with an old sheet and she had a sign made with a magic marker and I looked mm -hmm. at her and I said I thought and I know uh, people can disagree with me but I looked at her and I thought where is your respect for the people who paid to come in and see you absolutely you know take a shower comb your hair you know where's your self-respect you know put on some shoes <laughs> people mm -hmm. come in here wanting a show mm -hmm. You know, 
be there for the people, respect them. Mm. And so one of my highest intents mm -hmm. is I want to really be there. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to show up in a t-shirt. I want to really be present. Make it special for the customer, right. the seeker, the querent. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, it's, and one of the things I love about your booth, it creates what feels like a very safe, magical space. Yes, it does. And, and that's, that's what you want to create, particularly for people who are new or have never had a reading or had a reading. It was a very unpleasant experience because they had some kind of, you know, awful, stereotypical kind of thing. Um, and, and just looking from outside in, I've seen that when people sit down in your area, they're very... Um, Contained, they feel very comfortable. They're focused. They're they're in this space where they don't, you know, they've shut off the outside world. Yes, it's out there, but it's it's kind of beyond the imaginary beads that you you create in this grid. And you went and and shared about um, how you create that and and what that's about. So um, it's just a pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, on your topic list. It, <laughs> there's so many, so many. But we can't keep Josie here all night, unfortunately. And it's as much as we'd love to. You'll have to I'd, come I'd, back. I'd, I'd love to just bundle you up and take you home. Yeah, I could go all night. Well, well, that's the thing, we could. You but, have to come uh, back. Yes, we have to come back. We, we, we want an update yes. on your, your well, major well, kind of large card deck. Yeah. Okay. And, but we're not done because I believe you mentioned when we were talking before we started taping that you have another project in the works. Oh my God. See, and now I will <laughs> say it and then actually have to write the book. Now. Well, exactly. that's how this got created. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. I'm working on a Tarot workbook. I have uh, some pages already created. Great. It's a special way uh, uh, that I, I believe is going to be very useful and popular for people. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope that the public accepts it. And my goal is to have it done in two months and then write the proposal for Llewellyn. And, you know, they have first steps on my next project. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if they take it or not. Great. So presuming that it is done in two months, how long... Would oh, publishing it be? cycle? Yeah, because so I, I know the publishing cycle is much longer than it... You know, in reality. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're Stephen King, that may do anything well, for you. Well, yes, but, but, you know, if you sold a million books just because, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. But, um, but anyway, so are we yeah. talking like a year? Yeah, it'll be a year. So it'll be finished this year. year. <laughs> it'll go into their uh, September approval sessions, mm -hmm. and then it'll be published in 2008. Will wow. you have updates on your website? Oh, you know it. On, yes. the, on the progress? Everything okay. will be there. Fabulous. And will you have to use your deck for your workbook? No. Okay. No. Fabulous. It would work yeah. with any deck. Yeah. How exciting. What made you decide, I'm going to write a workbook? Because, again, of popular response when I showed people things. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, you have the Lover's Weave mm -hmm. page there. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's going to be in the workbook. Oh, Excellent. great. And so many people just were just loving that. Mm -hmm. I went, okay, we got to make a book now. Yeah, no, you have so many great ideas about working with the cards and different layouts and different ways to approach it. That I think I can't wait for this workbook. Um, you Do you have a copy of the uh, the Lover's Weave on your site? I uh, know, but the Lover's Weave spread guide is for sale. Is oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> there you go. Anything and everything you want from Joseph, you can find on his website. Yes. Um, and um, when, whenever you buy anything from my website, you're actually supporting the artist. It goes right into like food and electricity and shoes and clothing. So you're <laughs> doing a good thing. As opposed to the majority to Llewellyn and 50 cents to Joseph. That's yeah. true. It's yes. actually That's website true. support. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. But, um, well, thank you so much, Joseph. This has been such a delight for us. Oh, I and for me. I can't tell you. So, and um, for me personally, too, because you have been a great supporter uh, through the past several years of me getting in and establishing my professional reading. Uh, and I've really enjoyed the, your support. So this gives me an opportunity to thank you. 
You're welcome. So we'll we'll have you back on in a few months, and you can tell us how the progress, how 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 finishing the workbook went. And I'll bring the big deck yes. because that is done. I just haven't made Ooh. the first copies yet. Oh, hurrah! Well, I just how finished exciting. that. Well, we 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 have a date, and we can sort out the details after we're done. But well, thank you so much. I, words cannot describe how much fun and how wonderful this has been for me. And I really appreciate you taking the time out from your extraordinarily busy schedule and all your travels to come spend some time with us tonight. Oh, and my for pleasure. me as well. Thank you. Right. Excellent. So there we have it, The Quest to Row by the fabulous Joseph, er Joseph Ernest Martin. <laughs> uh, it's getting late. Um, at questtorow.com. And if you don't have your copy, go out and get one. Yes, now, today, you will be very, very happy you did. So great. Well, thank you, Artemis. Thank you, Joseph. Thank, thank you, you to our engineer. And now it's time to say bye. Bye. bye.